The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I hope you all had a great New Year celebration. And remember that this is a new year with no mistakes in it, so you can make it what you want and need in your health journey. Today, we are talking about mold toxicity. My own experience with a toxic home was when I was in school. There was mold in the crawl space in my bedroom, and I spent several months with fevers and a bad cough before figuring out what was going on. This experience opened my eyes to dangers I had never thought about in our world. Our home is supposed to be a safe haven, but it can actually be the most toxic place for us. Today, we're joined by Jennifer Cannon, who is a mold survivor herself. Jennifer has has taken her story and shared it with others on her website, survivingtoxicmold.com, where she educates others about the dangers of toxic mold. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Can you just share a little bit about your family's story and how you were affected by mold? Yeah, um, you know, in, let's see, what was 2009, from 2009 to 2011, I actually lived in a home that I rented, and the home was actually, you know, at first it seemed like the perfect thing, you know, like, oh, I got this nice house, you know, and I mean, it wasn't, you know, some big nice house or anything, just for me, it, it seemed really, you know, nice to get away from the apartment life and the whole thing, and finally moving to a home, well, all of a sudden I became very ill. And I didn't know what was going on. So, I mean, literally, my exposure was about, I'd say it was about two years long before the end of the the second year I figured out that there was actually mold, you know, in the home. And so what did you do once you realized that there was mold there? Uh, Basically, what I did was, at first I didn't. You know, that's the thing that people don't really realize. At first I didn't know, you know, it was all about mold. So my first clue, I guess, that happened, I literally went into a bathroom that I had upstairs, and the tiles were just, you know, that creaky, like, loose kind of noise. And I, so I called the landlord and said, you know, hey, I don't know what's wrong with these tiles. They're kind of loose and creaky. And it was really odd because it was a brand-new floor, and I couldn't figure out why this, you know, was going on. So called him, he came over, and literally the guy lifted up the tile and underneath the tile, it was just black, slimy mold. I mean, we're talking like the worst of the worst thing. But at the time, you know, I didn't realize, oh, there's any dangers in it. I just thought, you know, that's gross. Ew. So, so you, you, you didn't know what that meant for you at the time? No, no, exactly not. You know, and I thought, okay, this is fine. So literally the guy came and, you know, he had some inexperienced, worker is what I, I guess, construction worker or something come in and literally rip up the flooring while I was in the house. So of course, you know, now later on, I realized that that was the huge mistake of finding out that this is what happened, you know, with the toxic mold. So, um, but after that, soon after that, a few weeks, I'd say after that is when I started to feel really ill, um, literally passed out went to the emergency room. They couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And from that, from that day on, I mean, I was pretty much chronically ill from, from that day on. And your family lived in this house with you as well. How were they affected? Yes. Um, I have, I'm a single mom, and I have two children. And they were both affected, you know, not as severely as I was. At first, we couldn't really, 
you know, it, the focus was basically on me, you know, trying to figure out why I was so sick, what was going on with me. And I, I mean, I was basically at a zero as far as functionality. I couldn't do pretty much anything, couldn't work, couldn't, really couldn't even hardly take the kids to school and, and do all these things. But then once all of that storm kind of blew over as far as, you know, the whole, I'm kind of getting ahead, but when we left that whole scenario, the kids started to face these symptoms that were just weird. You know, like my daughter had, she had bumps all over her body. Um, she started to get anxiety and panic attacks. And what was the other thing? She Oh, her vision would literally, you know, it was going out. And my son got, he gained an extreme amount of weight for an 11-year-old. We're talking like 50 pounds in a matter of a year. And his blood pressure, was, he was considered to have high blood pressure at the age of 11. Um, and then add the whole eyesight thing to it as well happened to both of the children. Well, that sounds pretty scary. But, you know, these symptoms can all be related to something else. So how did you figure out that it was the mold? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, at first that was my exact thought. I thought, you know, this could be just about anything, you know, and of course, you know, just going into the emergency rooms, they're always looking for some acute problem, you know, that happened about an hour before that. They're not really looking for something that could be a chronic issue. So um, I, you know, it's weird. I think my adrenaline kicked in, you know, because I think that's what happens when something this tragic or traumatic happens to a person, their adrenaline kicks in. And I immediately started searching the Internet for all these different things. You know, what could this be? What could this be? So literally I wrote down a list of things that it could be that could be causing this. And I had a friend of mine say, you know, hey, you know, you, why is it that you feel like this and your kids don't? You know, maybe it's because you work, because I worked from home at the time. I have a marketing business, and I was at home 24-7, except for picking the kids up. So the kids literally had a break during the day, but I didn't. So she said, you know, maybe it's something in the house. So I literally started going through all these things that it could be in a home. I mean, we're talking like, you know, mold, lead, radon, you know, the obvious yeah. things that you would check. And, it, it, you know, it was kind of a, I guess, just fluke thing that mold was on the top of my list. So what I did was I, I called immediately and I said, you know, hey, I need a mold test. Come over to my house. And I had, all, you know, people come over and do mold testing on the house. You know, and my plan was literally to the next week do, you know, lead and radon and just keep going down the list. Well, the guy called me back the next day and said, ma'am, are you sitting down? And I said, yes. He said, you know, your home is probably, I've been doing this for like 15 years, and I've never seen a, a home more toxic than yours. And if I have to come back and help you clean this up or you want more testing, we're going to have to come back with an entire team with hazmat suits. And I just, I said, thank you. And I hung up the phone and I literally sat at my desk and bawled my eyes out. I just couldn't believe the shock that I was hearing. So needless to say, I didn't bring the kids back there. I mean, we packed everything up and left and you know, didn't stay there that night. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that was, that was really hard. So, hear. yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine I went through something similar. I would not feel well on certain days and stay home and then I'd feel worse because I was mm -hmm. staying home lying on the couch in this moldy environment. So I can see yeah. how you were, you were definitely affected worse than your children. Um, so where, how did you get out of this house? I'm guessing you were renting it, which meant you were probably in a lease. So what, what did the landlord do to help you? Yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, I was so sick. It was so severe that, you know, the cares of this world, you know, legal things, papers, landlords, that stuff had no priority in my mind. It was like life or death. So to me, I... I mean, literally, it's, it's weird because that afternoon when I got that call, I started to clean. I just started to go through each room. I mean, the first reaction was I kind of put a towel over my face thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm living in this, you know, and I, that was my first realization. And I went into each room just looking at everything like, how am I going to save all of this stuff? I mean, I think that's the first reaction. So, you know, literally what I did was I started packing up things and saying, you know, I'm going to clean them, and I'm going to take them with me and put them in my car. So I literally started to pack things up 
not thinking about cleaning them, but just putting them in my car and not knowing that I had just contaminated my car, you know, <laughs> like putting all these <laughs> things in my car. So that evening I called the mold guy back and said, you know, instead of me doing all this stuff today, can you please instruct me on how to get my stuff out? He literally told me, he said, ma'am, you can't take anything with you. And that was really hard, you know, and I, it was just, I don't know, that was, <laughs> it was the, the moment of like, the moment of truth, like, I can't believe this guy is telling me this, so, but I don't know, so that was, that was rough as well. Did he explain to you why you couldn't take it with you? Yes, literally, you know, and this is what's so weird, because when I, when I talk to people, and I consult with people, they always tell me that no one ever told them that the, the items were contaminated because of the mycotoxin. It's like a neurotoxin that the actual spore puts off, and it's everywhere in your house. So, I, I, you know, it's weird. I guess I feel very, you know, I'm very happy that this guy really told me all this stuff up front because most people don't get that kind of information, you know, right out of the gate. Well, I think you're lucky that you had somebody... Um test you know that did the test and that was educated instead of just you know like your landlord had come through and cleaned it up but it could have been exactly. worse exactly. if they were tearing down walls and your children were there at the time they were doing that i think you were lucky to have exactly. that that advice yeah so with, you so know, with the landlord i'm sorry to go back that with the landlord i i literally just left you know and then within a week or two i had sent him certified mail saying that I have a, you know, certified mold test, several of them, and I will no longer be living in the home. I also will be leaving everything I own based on the, what they've told me. I cannot enter the home. I am deathly ill. I've been in the emergency room. I had been in the emergency room probably four times that week. That's how terrible it was. And there was no way that there was anything I could do to go back and clean the home or try to make things right or whatever. So I literally gave him a certified letter, and, you know, <laughs> the funny thing about it is, is about a month later, I received a threatening letter from his lawyer stating that I owed him the rest of the four months of the lease, you know, on and on and on and on and on. So literally the guy was saying, if you denounce that there's any mold in the home, I'll let you go. <laughs> oh. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I said... I said absolutely not. So you know? in the in the end was the house rented out again or did he tear it down? No, he he literally went in and you know at his expense, he went in and cleaned out all my stuff. It was pretty it was pretty scary to drive by the home about 2 months later and see a huge dumpster with all of my belongings in it. I mean, you oh. talk about devastation. And it was just so heartbreaking. But I just, I kept driving. I said, stop. Don't stop in front of the house. Just keep driving and get over it. So literally, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he just, he kept everything how it was. He cleaned it. He tried to actually hide everything, paint over everything, rip up carpeting. You know, of course, you know, you have a threat like that. He's thinking he's probably got to do some cleaning, you know. So as soon as a new person moved in, which is like, I had a neighbor call me. I told her to put me on alert, you know, when a new neighbor moves in or something, please call me. So I, I had her call me, and I went to the guy's front door, and I said, you know, can you please meet me at a Starbucks because I really need to, you know, talk to you about this mold issue of your house. And the guy met me right away, like, what's going on? And I literally told him everything that was going on, showed him the testing, and the guy actually laughed at me. So I thought that was pretty interesting, but the guy is still living there. So, you know, it's not like I didn't warn him. So if him and his family have, you know, sickness or illness, it's pretty much his decision, I think. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, it, it's very common for people not to take it seriously. It doesn't get the recognition that it, it does deserve as, as being oh, sure. hazardous. Um, yeah. We are going to take a quick break here. At the moment, we're speaking with Jennifer Cannon, who is the founder of the survivingtoxicmold.com website, where she educates people about mold toxicity, where you listen to her story. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what mold toxicity does mean for um, you and your family. Um, so please um, 
stay tuned. If you have any questions about this show, you can call in. We are recording live or you can contact us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. We're talking today with Jennifer Cannon, who is a mold survivor and the founder of survivingtoxicmold.com, a website where she educates people on the dangers of toxic mold in their homes and workplace. So, Jennifer, we just told your story about, you know, you had to flee the home that you were living in. And uh, um, what happened after that? I, I can imagine that you probably didn't get better as soon as you left the home. So what, what happened next? Oh, yeah, correct. I, you know, literally we, you know, I took me and my two kids. We moved into a a fairly new, I wouldn't say brand new construction, but it was a, a fairly new duplex uh, that a friend, a real estate friend of mine had had on a short sale that was empty. And he said, you know, this place is clean as ever, sparkling. If you want to move in there, you know, I'll, I'll take a minimum amount of rent, just go and get yourself well. And I just thought that was such a nice thing to, you know, because a lot of people don't get that opportunity, you know. So my kids and I, I mean, the day we left, literally, we left with nothing. Um, I had a gym membership at the time, and what we did is we actually went to the gym, uh, took a shower, washed our, you know, put all of our clothes into the little bags that they had at the swimming pool, got rid of them, threw them out, put on new clothing, went to the new house that was completely empty. I think I spent about an hour or two just cuddled up on the floor with the kids and crying my eyes out. Um, You know, after a while, I think we ordered some food and we basically fell asleep. So literally after that, I mean, I was in so much, you know, just so much drama with, with the sickness part of it that, you know, in between all this is going on, I mean, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. I mean, we're talking, I mean, I'm not trying to be graphic, but I mean, it was like, I mean, throwing up and just, you know, your body's way of trying to just get rid of things. And over a period of, about, I'd say, about three months of being at the new place, my body just went through so many changes because obviously, you know, you're not going back to that old moldy environment. So being in the such a clean environment like that literally just caused my body to just start purging and purging and purging. And, you know, even my, my children, you know, they're the bumps on my daughter's skin, they were turning red, you know, almost like surfacing and, you know, kind of like acne or something like coming to a point of trying to get out. So 
we went through a lot. And I guess they call that Herxing or Herxheimer effect is just literally dying off of just not being in the environment. So, yeah, it was pretty uh, uh, pretty intense three months. So um, what are some of the symptoms? I mean, you just mentioned some, but um, I know you also cancel some people that have had mold toxicity. And just so that anybody listening who's concerned about themselves or their family, what are some of the symptoms that you've commonly seen with the exposure? Yeah, and, and this is a tricky one because, you know, it seems like I, I get a lot of different, different, you know, opinions and different things of what's going on. But literally, there, I mean, there's so much research online for the evidence of all these, you know, all these symptoms. And there could be, I do have a list on my website, and I guess we can post that at a later time, but I do have a list, and it, it ranges into 150 or more symptoms that it could be. And the reason for that is simply because when a person inhales the mold spores themselves, they go one of four different routes. So you've got, like, you know, you've got your respiratory route, You've got your neurological route, you've got your endocrine route, and your uh, dermal route. So depending on which way, it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) which way did the car go? What street did it go down? (laughs) But whichever way it went, that is where these symptoms manifest. So in my case, you know, particularly, mine hit my, you know, my endocrine system, my, not not my respiratory, my endocrine and my neuro, uh, neuro system. So I ended up with severe panic attacks and anxiety and, um, you know, feeling like I'm falling all the time, jolts in my body. So anything that was neurological and, you know, my entire endocrine system was off balance. My hormones were just awful. I mean, the worst acne you can imagine, you know, fever, chills, and, you know, all these things that, that have to do with, you know, your, your endocrine system. So, you know, some people might experience just simply, you know, tons of skin rashes or breakouts on their, on their skin or, you know, their head or scalp or, you know, fungal infections, and those are more dermal. So, again, you know, that's, that's the explanation behind that is wherever that route is that it took to go in is, is kind of the, the symptoms that are manifested in that. Um, I, I guess I wanted to, you know, to give your readers more information a lot of people do um, feel brain fog. Brain fog is probably the 90, 90% of people feel brain fog. So if you're feeling kind of just, you know, really foggy, not sure, um, imbalance issues. So if you're just kind of walking around and just feeling like the room is, not room is moving, that's pretty severe, but just, you know, things are just off balance. You feel yucky, just don't feel right. Um, an acute sign is actually flu symptoms. And a lot of people actually confuse this with, oh, I guess I have the flu. So they call their doctor. Their doctor says, yep, you got the flu. And they really don't know if they have the flu or not. So with my children, um, we ended up two weeks after this construction event, we actually ended up with the worst flu we've ever had. So I will say that that was our first symptom. Uh, and we're talking like two weeks of the flu. You know, this was a this was a spread out thing. So if you have an unordinary flu that lasts long, um, I, I would I would definitely look at that as an option. So um, you did mention earlier about neurotoxins. Can you explain a little bit to people what that means? Yeah. So so basically, there you know there's mold is everywhere. You know, and and I hear people. Tell, say this all the time, you know, I, I have a mold group on Facebook and I do get the occasional person that will say, you all are nuts, you know, mold is everywhere, just, you know, <laughs> just get over it and you guys, but the thing is, is that they don't understand is that yes, mold is everywhere, but there are certain molds that are just, they're not, they're not harmful. So they just have a spore and they're just, you know, they might be allergenic because your body doesn't respond to the spore. But then there are certain class of molds that are actually called toxic molds. Those molds are toxic because what they do is they're competitive molds. So these molds are kind of the, you know, the king of the kingdom, you know, like this is my space, you're not allowed type of a, type of a mold. And what they do is they have a weapon, and that weapon is called a mycotoxin. The mycotoxin is somewhat of like a, 
it's a secondary metabolite. So I guess that's a big word for most people. I, I'll break it down and say it's kind of like a gas or, you know, it's their breath or, you know, something like that. So you guys can understand it. But what they do is they're very territorial. So if another mold comes by that's not, you know, or any, it can be a mycotoxic mold, but any mold comes around them, they literally spew out these mycotoxins. And these mycotoxins are like a chemical gas that are, that are let go into the air. And they're actually toxic. So they're neurotoxins, and they're toxic to human life, to animals, and also to plant life. So that's why, you know, you'll see if you get a toxic mold in, in some sort of like a, you know, in vegetation or corn is a good one. <laughs> um, it literally eats it and rots it away. It's, it's deadly to it. So, yeah, so that's the difference between two molds. You've got your allergenics, you know, which just, you know, the spores bothering you. And then you've got your, your toxic molds. And those are the ones that are very deadly. And those are the ones we need to watch out for. So um, a lot of us know that if we've had a flood in our house, there could be mold. We had a flood um, in Calgary a few years ago that actually flooded people's um, basements up to the ceiling. So everybody knew there could be mold there. Um, But some people, and you know, you moved into a house where you didn't know the history of, and some people know that, um, aren't aware that there has been a flood and some people aren't aware that there's even that musty smell that we do associate with mold. Is there, are there other signs that there could be mold as an issue? And, you know, we're talking about people's homes or your office also can have mold or your children's schools as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different signs to look out for. And, you know, since I've been involved in this now, it's going on seven years, but, you know, obviously I didn't know any of the signs before this, but when I look back and I say, what, you know, what were some of the things that I should have looked at, you know, when I, when I was in the house, some of the things that I personally experienced were, um, the first thing that, that came out about two or three weeks after I moved in, there was actually a leak, you know, there was a a drip, just a drip. I mean, we're talking one little drop at a time and leaks like this, can literally cause a toxic mold situation to be so out of control. And you wouldn't think so because it's just one little drip. It's fine. I'll put a bucket underneath it. And that's kind of what I did for this. And the, the real problem with this whole thing with my house was it was actually a leak in the toilet in the bathroom. So that leak literally expanded into the subflooring, into the basement, into you know everything. And it wasn't like a flood, you know. So people sometimes think, well, my home isn't flooded, so I'm okay. But these, these little tiny drips over and over and over. And even if they're in, you know, even if they're your sink, you know, a lot of people sit there and live with a drip. <laughs> you know, I've seen this for, you know, years. People sit there and live, live with a drip in their tub or their sink. Well, over time, that literally can escape those pipes or it can cause those pipes to, to you know, break loose and, you know, the seal breaks on them and things like that. So getting those things taken care of, that's one of the signs right there that you can create a toxic mold situation. Another situation that people don't think about is making sure that wet areas in your home are actually vented. You know, the home that I lived in literally did not have a vent. It was a, you know, higher ceiling in the bathroom, but did not have a vent. And I had mentioned it a few times to the landlord, and he said, it's okay, you don't need a vent, you have a window. But literally the window actually allows mold spores in, allows moisture into the, into the bathroom, into the house. It doesn't pull things out, you know, so that was a huge, you know, sign right there. You can look at, um, you can also look at window sills, you know, window sills and windows, are they sealed? You know, do you see any moisture around these windows? Or if you've got an older home that you're moving into or considering moving into, do you see, you know, are the windows made of wood? You know, a lot of these older windows are made of wood, and they'll have like little, maybe maybe it looks like little dirt or something, you know, somewhere. That's another sign. The biggest one, of course, is the smell. If you smell anything that's just a little off, I don't know, smells like little mildewy, when you smell a little bit of mildew, it's in the trillions. Like this is what the research that I've come across. It's literally in the trillions. 
So if you smell anything that smells, you know, like that basement-y smell or any, run. You know, don't even, don't rent it, don't put a deposit down, just run. Um, you know, another thing, too, is also, you know, the most obvious, I'd say, is if you have what some doctors would consider as allergies, which, you know, I'm a, I've got a totally different view of that now. Um, I don't think it's really allergies. It's more like a chronic inflammatory response to molds. But literally, if you have that, you know, a reaction, just don't, don't push it. You know, don't go into that environment. So, I mean, that's all good to know because we don't always think about these things. And if you are renting, the challenges with a landlord to fix things can be um, pretty high. And if if you own, it's a little easier. You can protect your house a little better and to stay on top of those things so that it doesn't turn into the issue, right? A little leak is easy to fix when it's just a little leak. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird. I, I think from the outside, it seems like that's an easier solution. But I have found it easier that I, I have, I've actually found it easier to live in a rented situation because, you know, talking to so many people over the last five years, I've seen that people that actually own their own home are the ones who are trapped the most. And they can't get they out. They feel like they can't get out. And, and it's, it's awful because usually what happens is the cost to fix the problem or the cost to remediate or the cost, you know, to stop the flooding and the leaking is so intense that they can't even afford to fix the problem. So, you know, it's actually kind of quite the opposite. If, if you're in a renting situation, you can always just say no, you know, and say, hey, relocate me, get me out of here. Or you can just do what I did and get lucky and just walk away from the situation and waive that mold test. But make sure you get that mold test before you, you know, you leave that that apartment or home that you're renting and lots of pictures and, and all that. That way you have some defense, you know, against yourself and your family to protect yourself. So you talked earlier about um, when the contractor came in and he just ripped up the floor and carried it through the house. Um, and you talked about how that wasn't the right thing to do. So can you tell us what the right thing to do is? Sure. You know, I guess if I could go backwards, what I would have done was, if I knew, I would literally, the first thing that the landlord should have done is he should have come in and said, you know, he should have looked at it first with a visible, you know, look and not touched it. And he should have said, you know, I'm not sure about this. I need to get a professional in here ASAP. I need you and your family to get out and I need you to find a place to stay until I can take care of this. That is the proper response in that situation. Or if it's your own home, the proper response is, okay, guys, we don't know what this is. Everyone out. Everybody get out. Animals, plants, <laughs> you know, anything that has life, get it out. And we're going to have someone come in and test this. And what should be the proper thing is, you know, if you've got a visible, anything that's visible to me is more than like a speck. I mean, we're talking like a pinhead. If it's a little black thing and you see other little black things around it, that seems so minor, but after the research that I've read, it's the, these things, molecules are so small that literally a one-inch patch of, doc, of toxic mold is in the trillions of spores. That's how small they are. So we're talking, even if you have something the size of an eraser or pinhead, I mean, that's millions. You know, it's millions of spores. So you've really got to know what this stuff is before you touch it or clean it up. So... In that process, he should have tested. First, he should have tested. They should have had a company come in and test a swab. So that's where they take like a little, it's like a Q-tip, and they swab it and put it in a little baggie. The second thing, uh, there's another thing that they'll do. Sometimes they'll do a lift tape, which is to me the same thing as a swab because it's like a physical, actual, you know, thing of the mold itself. Uh, then Then the next thing they'll do is they'll do an air quality test. Now, the air quality test is usually inside the home, and then they do one outside, and they compare the two together because the same molds that are inside the home are always not on the outside. And also, the third test that you want to get done, so you need all three to get you know, a full comprehensive look at what's going on in the house. But the third test that I rely on is an ERMI test. That's E-R-M-I. And with this test, and you can get this at uh, mycometrics.com. That's 
M-Y-C-O-M-E-T-R-I-C-S.com. That is like a dust cloth. And basically that one, you, you, know, you run it along the floors, the walls, every single place in the home, the attics, the closets, furniture, your possessions, everything. You send that in and they actually bring that back and tell you, the almost, it's almost like the average, I'll say just to bring it down to layman's terms, it's like the average of what's going on in your home. So without all those three, you can't really tell what's going on, and here's why. The air sample tests do not pick up on the heavy molds, and the heavy molds are actually the most toxic molds. So you could have an air test that comes back, and a landlord would say, or you know, your test might say, oh, your home is fine. You're fine. It's just the air quality is good. However, you could have uh, one of the most toxic molds called stachybotrys. That one actually, it's so heavy that it never floats in the air and it always falls to the floor. So your floors, your floorboards, all that, and your carpeting especially could be ridden with stachybotrys. And stachybotrys is the most deadly of all the molds. So Jennifer, we're going to, I'm just going to interrupt you. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll talk more about this um, when we come back. We're speaking with Jennifer Cannon, who is the founder of survivingtoxicmold.com. She is a mold survivor herself. If you have any questions for Jennifer or about this show, please feel free to call us or send an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments. We'll be back shortly after this break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show & Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling, whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Rebecca Risk. I'm your host. And I'm here today with Jennifer Cannon. She's the founder of the website survivingtoxicmold.com, and she's a mold survivor herself. So, Jennifer, one thing we've we've touched on um, is when you had to flee your home because of the mold. Um, you know, your landlord tried to get a lawyer, and I've heard stories, um, and it might be different for every state and and every country. I'm in Canada, um, but I've had you know stories of people who've lost their job because they try to get things cleaned up in their office so that they can go back to work. Is this something that you hear a lot about? I sure do, you know, and I, my heart goes out to these people who, you know, they've got either a school situation or a work situation, and it's, it's so hard. I mean, I know my situation was slightly different where I had my own business, I worked from home, I was in complete control of where and when, you know, I, where I was at at all times. So 
it's really rough. You know, I tell people, there's one thing that I can guarantee for people. Always keep your health and your, your wellness at the top of the priority list. I know it's so hard to think of that because you're thinking, oh, man, you know, if I, if I tell my boss about, this, about mold, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm nuts. You know, I'm on the radar now for the, for the pink slip, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing that you're thinking. And, and the same thing, too. I mean, there's, there's a lot of parents, you know, who their kids are really sick, you know, when they go to school and when they come home, they feel better. You know, don't, I always say don't be afraid to say something. However, I think the best defense, honestly, is to, and this sounds really crazy, but to be more scientific about it first and kind of sneaky. That way you're armed with the right information, and that way you're not looked upon as, as you know, pretty much nuts. Uh, one thing I would recommend is that for each one I'd say, you know, if you're, let's say, for instance, if your, your work, okay, let's say your work, you're thinking that your work is, is to blame. What I would do is I would actually call, I had mentioned earlier in the, in the show about Mycometrics and the ERMI test. The ERMI test is somewhat of a, a self-test that you can do with a cloth. And literally, I would order that test. I know it's, I know it's, it's between two to $300, so it's, it can get a little pricey just to think about your job and all that sort of stuff. But think about this. If you lost your job and there was nowhere else to relocate as far as your job, would $300 be a good investment for your health, your life, and to keep your job, you know, just think of those things. It's, it's a minimal amount to spend. And then, you know, you might be able to get that money back. If the test comes out positive, the employer might just say, hey, oh, sorry about that. Let's pay for that. You can bring it up. So there's always that option. Um, and, you know, it sounds crazy, but I would take the cloth <laughs> to work with me. I would wipe everyone's desk, all the cubicles, just walk through, you know. People don't need to know what you're doing. Go to the break room, wipe it, go in the bathrooms, stand on the toilet, wipe the ceilings, you know, wipe the, you know, everything around you. Or if you are in a situation at work where you see, you know, maybe above you there's, you know, the tiles and you see kind of black stuff or dust, you know, arrive a little bit early, stand on a chair, wipe it, put it in the baggie, go back to lunch, you know, or go back to work and send that in and see what comes out. Because if something bad comes out of that, you can always approach, you know, the owner of the building, you know, the boss. And I know it gets a little crazy, but if your job is, if your job pays enough and it's worth it for you to stay there and, and not risk your health, I'd do that. But in a situation where you have a job that's, you know, yeah, you don't want to move to another job, but the job is not paying as much. Maybe you don't have, you know, really good benefits. I don't know. If you think that you can get a different job, I'd say try to get a different job. But um, that's just my take on that. As far as a school, it's so difficult. And, and this sounds awful, but it is so difficult to get a school, you know, literally to comply with testing because what they'll do is, They'll, because, you know, you can't walk into a school now because of all the security going on with schools and children. You can't just walk into a school and start wiping things, you know. So that's a, that's a tough one because schools are usually the first ones to try to cover it up because they know that these, I mean, these districts know that if someone finds out that there is toxic mold, pretty much that district is going to go bankrupt because now you've got lawsuits with children that have any kind of a symptom or illness now they're all going to the doctor and trying to prove that they're sick from the school, and it gets really intense. So, um, yeah, the school thing is a little bit more difficult, but the biggest thing overall is just encouraging people to take their health into consideration as a priority before just, you know, just living with it. Because when you live with it, I mean, it's your children. You know, your children, they're young, and the longer they're exposed to something, the more, they're gonna, the more diseases they're going to have as this progresses into stage one, stage two, and stage three. So, uh, I mean, I think I think this is the first battle is, you know, getting it recognized that it's there and getting yeah. it removed from your environment. But then there's another um, step, which is getting treatment. And I know when I was living in this house with mold, I actually went to a lung specialist because I was having shortness of breath and trouble breathing. And he flat out told me that mold doesn't cause respiratory problems and I was just breathing wrong and I should go home. 
And of course, I went home and I got more fevers and a friend took me in so that we could see if that was an issue. So I stayed at a friend's place and I was better and then I went home and I was sick again. So it was, I mean, there was obviously a connection there and the house had been tested and there was mold in it. But I had that authority figure tell me, this is not what's going on, which can be just as hard of a challenge as getting out of your living situation or your work situation where you have a, you know, a medical authority telling you that's not what's wrong as well. Is that something that you see a lot? Oh, definitely. And and here's here's my take on it. You know, obviously now being in this whole, you know, medical whirlwind is what I call it for the last five years. And I have many, you know, acquaintances and friends that I've made along the way that say the same exact thing. And here's what's going on. Literally, they do not teach the effects of toxic mold in medical school. So, you know, if anyone's listening today, they need to realize this. It's not the doctor's fault. It's not the medical community's fault. It's not the nurse's fault. It's not any of these people's fault. So, you know, the big thing that happens is there's a lot of defensiveness that goes on. So you've got, you know, this panicky situation from the patient saying, help me, I know it's mold, I have it, I got a test, I got all this. You know, that's, that was me. I went through all this stuff and said, you know, I don't want them to think I'm crazy so I'm going to bring all of my tests. I'm going to show them that this is what it is. And literally, I got the same thing that you, you know, that you got was mold doesn't cause that. Okay, on with the rest now. You know, it's so they're trained to, you know, they're trained to diffuse is what they're trained to do in medical school. That if they're not taught it, it pretty much doesn't exist. Well, the problem with that is that, you know, the reason they're not taught this, and, I, and I, I'm not going to say this is 100% accurate, but there are some reasons that, that are unknown to, the, you know, to most people, but they actually use toxic molds in military situations, in, in warfare. So this is, this is a theory of mine and a theory of many people that I know, um, you know, toxicologists and doctors that I spoke to, is that you know, they use this in military warfare. So they use this, you know, overseas and to actually poison and kill people. So my theory in my head, and of course, you know, agreeing with others is why would they want to put something out there, you know, of, you know, how to, how to get rid of this ABC when they're using it in a, in a wartime situation. So that was one, one theory. The second theory is that it's considered mycology is a study of, of mycotoxins and, and molds is considered a science or biology. It's not really considered a medical thing. So up to this point, you know, they, they do know that it's in veterinary medicine because literally animals get sick from toxic mold from eating toxic grains like corn, wheat, and things like that in the farming industry. So they have huge, you know, protocols for animals and veterinarians, but they're not really translating that into, you know, how do we get that when it gets into humans? So again, it's not the doctor's fault, but I think, you know, what people need to do is they need to not waste time. First of all, they need to not waste time and try to make these doctors understand because these doctors will never understand. They will always see you as the uneducated portion of the conversation and they will never, ever come to light. So don't waste time on a doctor who says that, you know, oh, this is not, it's not, and whatever. Always look for other answers. Look for doctors who are saying, I've heard about that. Tell me more. What do you think? Can you show me papers? Doctors that are willing to have that open mind, those are the ones that I have found are going to help you. And usually they're, they're uh, naturopathic doctors like yourself um, or they're integrative specialists. Uh, functional medicine doctors are good ones. And as, you know, as we all know, there's some now that are trying to actually specialize in biotoxin illness like Lyme and, uh, you know, mold and saying that they're a Lyme or mold doctor. And so those, those are the doctors that you need to look for. Well, if it's not taught in school, I think it needs to be something that um, they've, you know, have experience with otherwise or at least are open to I mean I I got forced into just like I had to uh, learn how to treat Lyme I had to learn how to treat mold because it was something that I was exposed to 
And uh, um, unfortunately, there's a long list of things that aren't taught in school and really aren't our doctor's fault, as you said, but are things that we need to um, be aware that if the first person can't help you, as you said, find somebody else that can because it's a real thing going on. Definitely. Uh, so is there um, any way, if anybody has any questions, that they can get a hold of you? Um, sure, yeah. If you want to, you can reach me at survivingtoxicmold at gmail.com. So if you have any personal questions, you can do that. Or you can actually go to the website at survivingtoxicmold.com, and there's a contact button there. You can pretty much contact me there. And you said you had a Facebook group as well, so people can find yes. you there. And there's yes, some, the some conversation there. Surviving Toxic Mold as well. Okay, um, great. So if anybody listening feels that they have been um, exposed to mold or their family has been exposed in your home, your school, or your office, please find a way to get that tested and to protect your family. If the information in the show wasn't enough for you, um, do contact uh, me or Jennifer Cannon at survivingtoxicmold.com so that you can get some help. We um, did record live today. We love to hear your comments. So if you have any questions about about this show, you can email us and we can answer them for you. And um, we, our email is anantacalgary at gmail.com. And um, next week, we're going to be talking to Dr. Lisa Wellischuk about the spirit and how it is damaged in chronic illness and how to find your way to that again and to find that connection again. Um, I hope you have a great new year and make today a great day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.